Hey folks, welcome back to another interview episode of the Pop Culture Squadcast. I'm Bob Harrison, and this time we're going to be bringing you an interview that I did with comic creator and artist Craig Rousseau. Craig has worked for a bunch of comic publishers for a couple of decades now, including the big two. He's well remembered for a long run on Impulse at DC, and he's the co-creator and artist of The Perhapanauts with Todd DeZago. Craig and I talked about the new books he has coming out including Killing Red Sonia from Dynamite and a re-release of Kyra Alien Jungle Girl from Scout Comics. We also reminisced about some of his other work and talked about what his art process looks like today. It was a great chat. I hope you enjoy it. Well, here we go. All right. Hey, Craig, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. Well, thanks for doing this. And let's, let's start talking about Killing Red Sonia, which is with Dynamite. Can you tell us how that gig came about, and what do you what can you tell us about the story for that particular book? And I believe it's five okay. issues. Is that right? Excuse me. Is it a five issue arc? I believe it's six, but oh, six. I could be wrong. Okay. Yeah. So uh, actually, it came about because I have worked with Nate Cosby in the past. Sure. He was my my editor over at Marvel way way back when. And, and every now and then I would do a cover or a pinup or a couple pages for him over at Dynamite. And, and I said, hey, you know, if anything ever comes up, I'd, I'd love to work with you again. And uh, originally, he was looking for an artist to do some samples for uh, Red Sonia Vampirella. Right. And quickly re- realized that, uh, you know, I was much more attuned to drawing uh, uh, old, grumpy old men uh, and, and weird monsters and not not so much hot chicks in, in bikinis and um, you know onesies. Yeah. <laughs> so after a few quick samples, we we kind of switched gears, and he said, I, "I think I have something else that might work better for you." And that's when when he, he pitched the idea of, of killing Red Sonia, which I thought was a lot of fun and really much more in my my wheelhouse. That's awesome. And how is it working with Mark? Mark Russell and Bryce Engman on that. You know, it's it's been a, been great. I mean, really, uh, they've been sending over the scripts fully fully formed and letting me really just cut wild, or cut loose, and go wild with it. And you know, every now and then I might have to change something because they they have something in mind uh, further on down the road or something that has to tie into the main Red Sonia series. But for the most part, it, it's just been been them throwing a lot of crazy stuff in the script and, and me getting to draw it. That's great. Have you caught up on what Mark's been doing in the main Red Sonia line at all? or? Uh, you know what? I They sent me a bunch of the copies uh, digitally, so I was I was caught up for a while, and then I, I haven't read the last few. Well, that's so fine. I've got to get back on that. The war's over. So. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's, it's good. It's good. It's one of, my, one of my favorites right now. Have you been a fan of Red Sonia going, you know, in the past, to, to be brutally honest, I mean, uh, I've had a passing um, interest in her, and I, I bought her books here and there, mostly because they looked interesting. But I, I don't really know much about her her character arc or her whole story. So, so it's interesting in that you know the book is called Killing Red Sonia, but she she doesn't really show up in the book. She's more of the uh, the MacGuffin of the story. Sure, it's, it's, the, it's the kid who's who's on a quest to, to kill Red Sonia. Which is excellent. It's a great way to to bring that storyline 
together that without having to take up the main, the main, you know, work of the, of the main series. Right. That's awesome. So let's move on to, uh, to Kira alien jungle girl. The nonstop edition is coming out next week from scout. What's, what's up with that? Okay. Well, that is pretty much like the first, uh, 20 or so pages of our original run over at, at Dark Horse. Right. Or you know, even before that, when we had self-published it on the web for a while, uh, then we had, had done 12 chapters of Dark Horse Presents that, that were collected in the trade. Mm-hmm. The trade went out of print, and then Dark Horse gave us the rights back. And since Rich was working, uh, Rich Woodall, who was the, the writer and co-creator of, of Kyra, um, he's working on Electric Black over at Scout right now. He suggested the idea of bringing the book there, and they were very happy with that idea. So uh, this this uh, format, I think, is kind of wild because they pretty much print the first issue as like a sampler. Like, hey, if, if you like this story, buy the trade that comes out in a few months. So it, it's it's a primer, a teaser, what have you. Okay, so that's well, that was my question, and how, I wasn't sure how that had come out. So there will be, you are going to be re-releasing the trade with Scout. Yes. So, so this, this first issue that comes out, the nonstop number one that comes out, you said tomorrow, uh, will, will pretty, pretty much be the first 20 pages or so of, of the trade. And then the trade will come out. I want to say they just announced the solicitations this week or today, or so I think, I think it's going to be in stores in June. Right. And we're working on, on 20 new pages of stories so that if you had bought the Dark Horse trade, there's still something new in this for you. There's a new cover, there's 20 pages of new story, there's going to be some pinups from other artists, and maybe some behind-the-scenes stuff that we can fill it out and make it feel a little more unique. Well, that's great. How is coming back to something like that, doing new pages and new story with that? It's been a lot of fun, although I, I was drawing one of the, the main villains in that my First thought was, who the hell designed this character? Oh, <laughs> oh wait, that was me. Yeah, this is a pain of butt. Uh, but, you know, it's been fun going back and kind of fleshing out a little more of the story and trying to figure out how we can put these new pages in and not feel like we're screwing up the story that we had told already. Oh, that's awesome. That's great. That's a lot of fun. So, and I you... guess, you know, if, if, uh, if it does well and, and sales warrant it, then we, we've got the seeds of the volume two uh, that we're, we're setting up well, that, so that if it does do well, maybe we'll go do volume two next year. Well, that'd be fantastic. What does your process look like now these days? Uh, how, and how has it changed? Are, are you all digital? I know I see, I see daily or almost daily, you know, head sketches and stuff like that. I'm <laughs> assuming that's all digital, but. Oddly enough, the daily sketches, those head sketches are, uh, are on, Bristol board. Oh, really? And I scan them and I, I call them digitally. Right. But one of my friends had, had started collecting sketches from me at conventions and, and that ballooned into him owning a lot of those sketches. And he was saying that, you know, I, I don't like a lot of modern comics, but I like your take on these characters that I grew up with. So maybe instead of buying comics every week, I'll just buy a sketch from you. I'll, I'll put my comic money towards uh, my sketch collection. So we have a running tally where he just gave me a long list and He'll let me pick who I want to draw, and, and he'll pick from those. Well, I need I need large poster size collections. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean it, it's getting kind of crazy. I think like at last count, my Marvel 
uh, head sketches were up around over 200 different Marvel characters and, and then 60 something Batman characters are now working on the DC one. So it's, it's like enough to make a gigantic uh, set of sheets or a shower curtain or something <laughs> crazy like that. That's, a, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. Um, th- those are all, those are all on board, but I mean, uh, for comics, uh, Kyra, I still work on, on boards just because I want it to feel like the rest of the book did. Mm-hmm. But all the Red Sonia stuff and a few other projects I'm doing right now, I'm doing all digitally on my iPad. And how do you like that? You know, I, I love the fact that I can bring it anywhere I want and work and not feel tied down to my drawing board. I like uh, the the ability to you know flip things around and and change sizes and, and change and you know undo undo and then figure out <laughs> right. where you're drawing. I've had I've had. You know, lots of discussions with different artists, like um, Tom Zoller is pretty much all digital except for covers, but he says he, he can't quite do everything he wants to with just the iPad, and then somebody like Dean Haspiel is like, doesn't even know what to do with, with digital. Yeah. He's, just, he's all paper and erasers. And... So what do you think of the size you're using in terms of the iPad versus, you know, other people use like a larger Cintiq and... You know, I mean, in my studio upstairs, I have a 22-inch Cintiq that I, I used a lot. But once I got the iPad Pro and I realized that I could pretty much do enough for print, I mean, I'm not worried about making these uh, 600 DPI poster size images. But sure. They're perfect for print, so I can you know, move right along on those. And um, there's a couple of programs that I've been using, but Procreate has, has given me a lot more freedom and and a looseness that I wasn't able to, to capture in my inks that I'm figuring out how to do digitally, which I think is a lot of fun. That's awesome. That's great. All right. So I'm going to ask you, I'm going to do the thing that most creators hate. And I'm going okay. to say, when are we going to see more perhaps nots? Well, that's a good question. And I don't hate it at all. Todd uh, and I have been hashing out this story for, for months, for months. And I've already gotten about 25 pages of the next book drawn. And we're just trying to figure out how to how to figure a proper launch for a Kickstarter or publishing plan. So it's very much probably going to be announced at some point officially later this year. Awesome. That's great. That's great. Yeah. <clears throat> Here's a bit of a left field question because I was okay. you know, doing my research and looking around. Future Quest. What yes. was it like getting to draw the impossibles for comics? Uh, you know, I honestly, of all the characters in in, in the Future Quest uh, storyline, those are the ones I wasn't familiar with. So, really, I had to go and, and download some copies on iTunes, and I got I thought it was a lot of fun. Then I saw Doc Shaner's designs, and they were a, a blast. But they, you know, they really kind of were very loosely those characters because it was a much more realistic take on it. So it was fun working with Parker. I love working with Parker. I don't sure. nearly enough. Exactly. Um, I mean, initially when, when, when I think Parker said, hey, you want to draw some future quests? I was like, oh, of course. <laughs> and then they said, it, it's the impossible. And I said, oh, of course. <laughs> but, um, That's awesome. It was great. It was fun. I, I didn't have a connection to those characters as you much did. as some of the other ones, but. Well, so what, how much of a connection did you have to the rest of the Hanna-Barbera cartoons, like, growing up? You 
know, growing up, I mean, it was really, uh, I used to watch the Herculoids all the time. And, um, you know, Space Ghost and, and Birdman. Um, but for some reason, the, the, the and even um, there's a few other, like, I, I kept saying, hey, why can't they do, um, you know, Samson and Goliath? And Parker said, "Yeah, no, they're they're not they're not going to do that. So stop stop bugging me about that." Uh, <laughs> That's awesome. I, I, re- I that was I really really enjoyed that that whole series, and I, I've talked to Jeff about it too. So uh, I, I loved it. I I kind of I, I mean I love the fact that they get pictures. You know, sure, it's good. But uh, I, at the same time, I kept saying, "Man, I wanted to see Doc draw this whole book." Oh I yeah. felt like I was stepping stepping in. I didn't want to step on his toes. But it was it was an honor to be part of that project. Sure. Let's go back. So what made you want to be a comic book artist? You know, I I grew up reading comics as a kid. Uh, you know, one of my friends and I would, would pool our money and we we'd harangue our parents to bring us you know to the city next next town over to to the comic shop and you know we'd buy I'd buy Avengers and he'd buy X Men and, and we'd sit and we'd copy panels and we'd draw it. We'd spend hours doing that, and and then I went all the way up through high school, thinking I'm you know I'm not sure what I want to do, and and I ended up going to college for illustration and fine arts, and then I, I thought, well, you know, comics is just comics. I'm going for fine arts. I want to be an illustrator or a painter or you know to do something a little bit more. But I kept just coming back to comics because I was still buying them and and still loving them. So I I did my my senior project as a comics book pages and i learned a lot about it and and they're pretty awful but it was a good learning process and through that one of the kids in in the class with me had a connection at marvel who was able to say hey you know if you send some samples i can give you some feedback and it kind of opened the door enough that i got my foot in to get samples in um and get a couple of small jobs doing pogs of all things Mm -hmm. that was my, my first professional work was pogs at marvel and, and I did a one-page story, a one-page out of a, a comic book based on a CD based on Saturday morning cartoons. And, yeah. <laughs> and it you know, had a cover by Bill Sienkiewicz and had art by, by all these other fantastic artists. And I got stuck in there by sheer luck. Nice. That's awesome, though. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, yeah. that's where you go. So, so let's, let's talk about Bart. Okay. How much do you love drawing Bart? You know, I I love drawing him. I it, it, I cut my teeth on it in comics, and mm-hmm. I, again, my, my first samples for comics were were Vertigo, but they were kind of a weird, kind of funky, cartoony Vertigo almost. And the editor who saw the the, the pitch, a sample, said, "You know, I, I kind of think you'd be okay on on filling on Impulse," and and then I, I kind of tone it down and, and really get more cartoony and. And then I had two years to kind of hone the craft of working on the book and, and really just getting a feel for the character. Toward the end, I, I was kind of like, ah, oh, I, I think I'm ready to find something new. I love drawing them, but I think I'm ready to try new projects, which worked out well because they were going to fire me <laughs> at that exact time because it was coming up to issue 50. And I thought, man, it's the perfect time for me to leave and someone else could come in. And they thought the same thing. So <laughs> it worked out very well. Well, I, uh, it's an interesting way to to take that, <laughs> just take it that take it that way. But so you know, they're they're going for a whole new team on the book, and and it was funny because that's when I said, 
you know, Paul, I think that I need to try something new. And he said, well, that made this conversation so much easier. <laughs> and, and then like, like an hour later, I get a phone call from, from Todd saying, dude, I'm writing Impulse now. And I said, dude, I just quit Impulse. <laughs> so we, we didn't get to work together there. That's funny. That's very funny. Can we uh, can we talk for a minute about your involvement with the Ringo Awards and what that means to you? Absolutely. You know, uh, when when they talked about a replacement for the Harvey Awards and they they wanted a, a name that inspired people and and you know someone who loved comics and, and who who would be a good person uh, to inspire the awards and. Immediately, Mark Mason said, "Well, it's, it's Ringo," and and you know, then then immediately, you know, Mark Wade and Todd were on board, and and Matt, and I just kind of hung out with them, and I I was just kind of helping out. Uh, the first year, I was kind of unofficially part of the group, and I, I really wanted you know no real role in it, but I was just there to hang out. And they're like, "You're here enough; you might as well just be part of the panel from now on." So I think I, I fell into it in that sense, but. It really, you know, goes to show how much of an influence he still has on comics and, and love of comics, which I think is just awesome. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been, I was been going to the Harvey Awards for the past. Well, so the la- the the Baltimore Award Show, let's put it that way. Uh, right. For the past, you know, five or six years, I guess. So, and it's always the best award show, and it's always the best show show in my opinion no no offense to any other shows out there but um uh but there is a big there was a big change there was a, a very positive change when when it became the Ringo Awards um you know that first that first award show was was incredibly moving in every way and I think David Peterson's speech is like one of the best ever absolutely I, I really you know I like that you're involved in that, and, and, and I love the fact that it, it just you know it, it involves us having conversations of, man, what would Mike be liking these days? What would Mike be reading in comics? What would inspire Mike? What what is inspired by Mike? And uh, that's how every year we come up with the, the Spirit of Ringo Awards. It's it's it may not be the best selling book, it may not be you know the most popular book out there, but it, it's got a literally the, the Spirit of Ringo. Sure. And I mean, I think that that we've we've pick books that that he would have liked and Matt certainly you know has a, a good sense of what his brother you know liked and didn't like again and is always right there you know, it's right up front with some great ideas and and choices that's awesome we know we have killing red Sonia there's some perhaps nots in the future there's hopefully some Kyra anything else we're going to be expecting out of you Yes, uh, on on and off. I've been working on a book uh, for my friend uh, Darren Henry, who self-publishes a line of books called Sitcomics. Okay, and I've drawn three issues of a book called Startup, and it's about a, a single mom who uh, gets superpowers. and And Darren was a, a Hollywood writer, and in his spare time, he's decided to publish his own line of comics. And you know, he's got. He's, he's written these issues, and I've drawn three of them, and they're he's they're what he's calling them binge books. So it's really a sixty-four page comic. So I've really drawn like nine issues or ten issues of, of this story so far. Okay, 
and uh, you know he's got the the price for, for four dollars, which I find insane. And he was self-publishing them for a while, and I think he's looking into changing that at some point. But you know, I've I've been working with him on that. He's also got uh, Ron Friends is doing something for him right now. Salvi Sem has been been working with him. Uh, Stephen Gordon, uh, who worked on the uh, X Men Evolution cartoon and other stuff, and he's got quite a bit of talent. In, in this little line of books that he's been putting out that are done in one stories, which I, I just, you know, he's like, I, I want to tell stories that I like when I grow up, growing up, what kind of comics appeal to me, what, what kind of stories. So, uh, so I'm working on that. And then I've got another creator own book I'm working on with, with a, a friend that I'm about two issues into that. And there is more work lined up that contracts should be coming soon. So that'll happen later this year as well. But that's fantastic. We'll talk about that one later. That's, yeah. That sounds, that sounds like a plan. Definitely. Um, yeah. that, that's great to hear. So can I go back to the, the startup is the name of it. Startup. And yes. is it, it's a 64 page single issue. So you've done three single, three of those. Is that what you're saying? And each, I've done three each, of those. And yes. each 64 page single issue is a complete story. Yes, it's like, like you know, three three individual chapters that are that break down. That would have been three regular comics, but he's put them all together in one. Uh, and it's it's been a lot of uh, all the character designs have been by Ron Friends, so it's been a lot of fun working with, with those. That's awesome. That's something that I, I I keep it keeps coming up in in different areas where going to a longer single issue, but not you know where it's not necessarily a complete OGN, but definitely. Longer than a sing than than your twenty twenty four page floppy and getting more story and letting it you know sit there, right? I think um, AfterShock is doing some stuff like that and some other companies too. Yeah, I mean, I know that like the last uh, Perhapanauts book we had done, we we just did as a, as a graphic novel, and this this next story is we, we had started doing it in chapters that we felt well maybe we can release them digitally first, but organically it will become one big book. So. No, we're, we're probably not going to go floppies because we lost our shirt on floppies at Image. Oh, sure. But we did a, we did okay with you know self publishing a hardcover, which I find crazy, but that that's the industry these days. So yeah, you're you're definitely finding that. I, I totally could see that. So, but and, um, you know, I think the whole thing with, with uh, you know crowdfunding and, and self publishing is that we can get the, the product directly to the hands of the fans who, who want it, mm-hmm. you know, we're not having to fight with, you know, uh, 50 Marvel titles a week and be on the shelf. And then, you know, within two weeks you're off that shelf and you're off to the side of the store where no one's going to find it. Uh, at least, you know, with, with, with stuff like this, that, you know, when I see one of my friends, you know, or guys that I like, or, you know, creators whose work I really dig, you know, like, Oh, she's doing a good book. I can't wait to get that on Kickstarter. Right. And, you know, then, then you got it. So I think I think that uh, it's a different beast, but I, I think it's a viable beast. I think so too. Um, you know, we we at Pop Culture Squad, I try and uh, you know boost up whatever we can in terms of kickstarters that are that are out there. So don't forget, let us know when when it's coming. We'll make sure we <laughs> we put it up there. You know, and, uh, and when Rich and I were we talking about doing uh, Kyra at Scout, you know, we've also been talking about. Kickstarting a hardcover version of it that that we do we sell it on our own and but but the retail version will be through Scout and the trade paperback mass market version. So again, we're we're kind of seeing how how the market will react to something like that. 
That's awesome. Yeah, there's definitely there's definitely change afoot, and you can feel it in in every way. I mean, the the big two keep doing what they're doing, and we don't know if that where, where that's going to go. But but definitely on the indie side of things, there's definitely change. There's definitely people exploring new opportunities, different ways of going about it. Whether it's creator owned through a, a publisher or distributor or doing it on your own. You know, everybody seems to be finding their own way around it, and hopefully it will, it'll work for everybody. Right. And also, you know, I think that, you know, we were talking about the Ringos when, when Katie Cook gave her keynote the other year and was talking about web comics. And oh, all, yeah. all of us old dinosaurs out there were like, I don't know about web comics. And I think that really is the future, but I, I haven't gotten there yet, but I love the idea of it. Yeah. Well, you know, you, you can go listen to, uh, Listen to my uh, my panel with Katie and Tom and Steve and Dino about we, which we did last year at Baltimore. It's 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 definitely amazing. Even there's something that there were some numbers that that I saw recently about what Webtoon is hitting in terms of the actual number of subscribers compared to the number of people on the planet or something like it's crazy. It is crazy. I mean, it's crazy that you know, you know. Um, what kids will, will, I say kids, but people will look at on their phone or their iPad versus, you know, picking up a book. I mean, my, my son is, is, is clearly my son where you know, he comes down to the basement and grabs a box of comics and will sit here for about six hours. That's awesome. And, and read books. But you know, my daughter's on her iPad and or on her iPhone and, and that, that's where she is. So. Yeah, sure. So. It's it's funny how that how that works too. I have a I spoke to my uh, my oldest son who is, was reading a book, a novel, and I'm like, "Why are you reading that?" And he's like, "Well, you told me that if I want to write, I have to read." I'm like, "Okay, something something sunk in there." <laughs> and then the other ones, yeah, they they won't read. Right. Well, I think that was all I had, but I really appreciate it. Um, and, oh, well, you're very welcome. Thank and, you for, uh, for having me on. You know, thanks for doing it. Um, and, and as soon as anything else new comes up, let us know, and we'll, we'll we may do this again. I certainly hope so. All right. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. I'll talk to you later. Okay. Hey, that was great. Don't forget to be on the lookout for Killing Red Sonia and Kyra coming soon, or whenever we get out of this crazy world of self isolation. Also, Craig has a great Patreon page you might want to check out. Don't forget to like and follow us on our social media platforms. It's the best way to keep up to date on all of our columns, reviews, and articles. We are Pop Culture Squad, one word, at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. As always, the intro and lead-out music is Pray for Rain by Space and Time Band. Well, see you later. <laughs>